Another day, another draft. It's draft seven here in our 2024 quest to do a draft here in a best ball tournament every single day. Today, the big topic on hand, who are the second round picks we actually like? Is there somebody that we can talk ourselves into? And this has been a pain point. I know I've heard, heard in the comments after the fact, I've heard in the chat so far, and I've seen myself as like the second round of drafts right now. Not a lot of comfort, a lot of question marks, some of which we've talked about already. We are going to figure it out today. Who's the second round guy we can trust? Of course, the draft already kicking off here has always been the case on Splash Play. We got a hot start going, so we will see if we can uh, make a good draft today. That's always going to be the goal here, of course. Uh, my overarching goal of everything here in our, our seventh draft, it is February 6th, 2024. My mom's birthday, actually, so uh, if you want to smash that like button here, nothing makes a 59-year-old woman <laughs> happier uh, than hearing her son is getting YouTube likes, so please... Uh, smash that like button here in the name of my mom. Um, but yeah, I think that the main goal of here is still the same one. Uh, getting my my key four here, my guys that I think are a little bit undervalued in ADP, guys that I like a lot in terms of the rookie class. Uh, Jane Daniels, of course, the QB who's been storming up in some of the draft rooms we've been in. Uh, Audric Estime, my rookie running back who I like a lot. Now has come up about 30 picks already, maybe getting to a point where uh, guys like Legendary Upside talk about Audric Estime. Maybe I won't be able to get him at a reasonable ADP. Uh, Troy Franklin, a guy I actually saw Davis Maddock in my For You page talking up Troy Franklin. Of course, if you've been watching these videos, you've been on Troy Franklin Island for about a month now, but I'm a big fan of him as a guy who can go late in the first round and right now ADP-wise. Uh, cheaper than guys like Keon Coleman. And of course, the tight end, Brock Bowers, the premium pick. Still think he's a little bit undervalued for where he's going to be going ADP-wise. Ben Sinnott would be the value version of that. Guy doesn't get drafted very much, but I like a lot of tight end. Uh, so those are our, our four horsemen here that I'm always trying to get in a draft room, and I've not gotten all four yet. So the dream is alive here once again. But we are on the clock. We have two picks that I've had uh, vocalized some of the flaws of, potentially Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, another year of David Montgomery being there, not great for him, even though Gibbs do expect to make a leap in year two. Kyron Williams, a guy as well that does feel like they could bring in a pass catching back, does feel like they could bring in somebody to lessen his workload. I am going to go Gibbs here, though. Uh, I have some concerns about the ADP, but if you're going to get him, you have to get him here. So Gibbs, hugely talented guy. Uh, some running backs yesterday I saw tweeting their own rankings, including Brees Hall. And Jameer Gibbs, a lot of your favorite running backs have Jameer Gibbs amidst their top five, uh, despite only one year of him doing what he did, of course, this year for the Lions. So uh, I have to keep an open mind to Jameer Gibbs just because I think the talent's there. But I really do think you could have a situation where, yeah, he's giving you, you know, 500 or not 500. <laughs> if he gave you 500 all-purpose yards in a game, you'd probably be really stoked. I think there's a lot of situations where he gives you like 100 all-purpose yards a game, but the touchdowns aren't there quite as much. The PPR points, obviously half point PPR and underdog uh, not being there as much. That's my concern for Jameer Gibbs, but. We're in the second round now, so we kind of have to talk about these guys coming up. A.J. Brown goes in the second round. Obviously, he's a one-two pick. Um, I can get Kyron. <laughs> I can be a real running back figgy and get Kyron. Nico's on the thumbnail, but we took Nico yesterday. Man, this is actually a pretty, this is an okay deal for Kyron because I think that if he doesn't, if he doesn't get jobbed out, if he doesn't get another guy coming in, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm taking Marvin Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think if Kyron were in the second round, though, he would be the answer to the question, the answer to the issue of who to take in the second round. Kyron in the second round, you could talk me into. Kyron going top six, which I've seen in a lot of rooms so far. Uh, that's a question that I have because I do believe that it's going to be hard for him to really have that same Christian McCaffrey role. Uh, but this worked out really well for uh, D-Rap or Dr. App here um, in the nine hole because he got Puka and Kyron. And that is probably not the most common duo right now. I'm sure it happens time to time, but probably not the most common duo. I started out early with that Ram stack. 
Shout out to Bindles here. Happy birthday, Mama Spags. I appreciate that. And also another 269 chat. Bindles really showering me in money like a common strip club whore. But I, but I appreciate that here. And thank you guys for being here live. Of course, Super Chats, though, the easiest way to get to my heart. And Bindles knows that. So that's why he is a, a special man that I'll promote. I actually did see Bindles uh, popping up on my YouTube feed for his first draft of the year. Uh, so Bindles getting some algorithmic love there. So check out Bindles' channel if you want to support one of the good guys here. And our beloved little Splash Lake community, of course, the Squirt Squad alive and well. Uh, support each other as much as you can support me sharp play for MHJ. I think that's the thing with MHJ is like, he's too deeply priced, but he's not going to get cheaper. Like he's not going to come down in price. If this is where he is at the beginning of best ball season, the way that he would come down would probably be, he goes somewhere. And again, he's that T Higgins to a Jamar chase, I think is the one thing, but really for me, like if we're going to talk about second round picks, yes, if Kyron Williams is going to fall, I think he'd be the best second round pick um, with where it is right now. Like, Debo, I don't know what Debo did to warrant people wanting to go 20 spots higher, 15 spots higher than where he was going for the most part last year. I don't get that. Brandon Ayuk, I like a lot here, but he didn't even go in the second round. He now got bumped to the third because people are, I guess, just chasing that Debo thing. Rasheed Rice, obviously, we'll see what he does in the Super Bowl. But another player, too, that I expect. I think the Chiefs are going to bring in somebody. Could be a vet like a Mike Evans. Could be, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins would get traded. But maybe they do that, finally make the move that uh, he wanted last year. And the Chiefs didn't seem like they wanted to pay his price tag. Uh, rookies as well. Again, Troy Franklin going to the end of the first round. Maybe getting the second of the Chiefs uh, would be a thing that I think is in play. There's a lot of ways here that we run into a different situation for Rasheed Rice. So he's like, to me, in the second round, one of my least favorite picks because I think you could talk yourself into more receiver. You could talk yourself into Nico. I just think Rasheed Rice is 20 spots overvalued. Uh, and honestly, I, I could see him going ahead of Debo for me. I do. I'm down enough on Debo for that that I think Rasheed Rice is an option to take over Debo. But I don't know, man. I just like I really feel like the Chiefs are going to do something there to upgrade that spot. And and if that's the case, like anything that upgrades that spot, kind of the same thing we talked about with Trey McBride. Anything that gets tougher for him to get that same target share is going to make it hard for him to be there because he's not, you know, he's not an elite athlete. He's not like the star, you know, targeter he was at SMU. Um, he's been a pretty good targeter so far in the NFL, but that's kind of been out of necessity. So I don't know. Second round to me, I think there's a really logical case to go to MHJ over these guys because the hope is that you are getting in on the ground floor of CeeDee Lamb. You're getting on the ground floor of Tyree Kill, the ground floor of Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. That's what the hope is for MHJ. So I think in that respect, he's probably my favorite second round pick unless Kyron starts falling reliably there. Then I think that would be pretty fun to take receiver first round, Kyron second round. Um, I think that has some appeal. Donate two running back starts in this rookie wide receiver class. Sure, I uh, still fundamentally do not love two running back starts, um, especially with wide receiver ADPs coming up again. As we talked about last year, my main thesis was that the running back ADPs coming down, wide receiver ADPs coming up, people were viewing that the wrong way. It was just that you basically had to pay a zero RB kind of build or at least something approaching it to get good wide receivers in. And I think that's the, the main thing that I would say uh, for the approach. But um, you want to have fun? Let's have some fun. Double rookies? Double rookie wide receivers and Jameer Gibbs, the youngest team in this best ball pod is coming up for sure. So Jameer Gibbs, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors. Maybe I'm not going to get my holy, uh, my four horsemen of rookies I want to get across every position, but I'm getting the studs, baby. <laughs> I'm getting the studs. I like this a lot. I think this is a fun one. <laughs> Love Malik Neighbors, man. Thinking his ADP, this is a good value. And this might be unique. Probably not. Probably not unique. But still, I don't care. I'm happy with this build. All right. Do we take a vet receiver uh, to go with these guys here? A sturdying presence for uh, for guys like Harrison and for Malik Neighbors? Maybe. Could take a Cooper Cup here at undervalued. Leverage against the Rams that we didn't get? Maybe. 
Rashad White, expectation of volume again next year, I suppose. New offensive coordinator, though, always comes with a risk point. I am going to do weird stuff here. I'm taking Cooper Cup as well. So we have we had the youngest room, and now we're adding some veteran presence there. Jameer Gibbs, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, and Cooper Cup. So I feel good about that. Young, supple wide receivers, as Tyler would say. Yes, they are very young and supple. Uh, and then Cooper Cup is coming in uh, looking like uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> uh, as we've talked about sometimes on the stream, uh, my wife does, in fact, work in like uh, TV, social media, slash, you know, media marketing, whatever. I, technically, she's a creative director level role, but like she, that's what she does. Um, she once worked on a show. What was it? Fucking, it was a show with the, the murderer guy on Fox that Catherine Zeta-Jones is on. And uh, probably shouldn't be giving this away, but Catherine Zeta-Jones apparently like has so much post-production like that they make her into a different person to look like young Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, so like they would watch then the film or watch, you know, the episodes before because they have to do the stuff, you know, put together strategy, put together whatever the marketing thing and then and then pitch the network on it. And then she would see Catherine Zeta-Jones and like the pre like visual effects thing. And she looks like a seven year old woman. <laughs> it's one of the fun things. So uh, for all the Catherine Zeta-Jones fans out there, there is one fun fact that for some reason came to mind today. But Cooper Cup is the Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> it's really the main point of this roster. Just uh, hopefully looks better with the visual effects is what we're hoping for. Zero so RB gives you that best chance to have the player like Cooper to advance. Yes, I think that's I think it's true. I mean, look, that was my build last year. As I've talked about here, I believe a lot in extreme zero RB. I think where the running backs are this year, especially those top, you know, I, most of the top five, six running backs, like they all have so much appeal to me. Um, and I, you know, I hate running backs, but look, we're getting Bijan Robinson second year, Brees Hall coming off a full year off the ACL in his third year, Jameer Gibbs in his second year. Like these are all guys that should make a leap. Jonathan Taylor, I think you're buying in more on the Colts being good. Taylor did get a lot of volume this year, though. Nothing is changing for the Colts. So it does feel like Taylor, you know, safe in that respect. Even though I have questions about the workload, questions about the injury history and all that. Saquon, we know I'm not in the bag for very much, but uh, the rumors linking him to being the Chargers back, I do think make him kind of interesting. Still not a guy I prioritize. I'd probably rather have Kyron, rather have Gibbs, I'd rather have A-Chan, rather have Brees Hall. Um, Saquon to me is the one guy that like in this running back run, I think Saquon should be going closer to like ATN, um, at least until we know where he's going in free agency. And it's so odd with Saquon. I know this has been like, uh, you know, the drum beat from Splash Play for me for years now. And it's been right for the most part. Like Saquon, just an analytically not a good back, a guy that gets there from the volume, had, had some good days this year, but certainly, you know, like they were hard to find for the most part because he was only getting there in really outlier ways where he caught like a 30-yard touchdown and things like that, or he got 40 touches in a game kind of things. Saquon's the one guy here that I don't get because for free agency, everybody's like, oh, we don't know where this guy's going to play next year. Drive down his ADP. We can't take him. And then for Saquon, it's like, yeah, he wasn't that great last year. We don't know where he's going to go, but fuck it. Let's take him in, like even higher than last year. I don't get it. I think Saquon, man, like is one of those guys that people remember the good times at Penn State. I'll never forget him and Sam Darnold trading blows in the Rose Bowl it was a very fun game. That's fucking seven years ago now. It's, it's a very long time ago. We have to like adjust to where guys are in the current reality. And Saquon is not a top 15 back in the current reality. Maybe he gets there because he goes to the Chargers and Jim Harbaugh wants to give him 30 touches a game, including you know 10 passes. Then yeah, he can get there. That's not where you should be priced at now. That's where you should be priced in April and May. I don't know. All right. We got a pick coming up here. Of course, we are getting some we are getting some nice wide receivers. Do we take Romo Dunze again? Not the biggest fan of the world. Do you think he is a little bit overloved by people that saw Washington and didn't realize that they are just kind of an, an air yard merchant team? But he is a rookie running back or a rookie wide receiver, and we got a theme going here. 
<laughs> so we got the top three rookies. One of them's going to get a sick landing spot. You got to think. <laughs> Fucking Ben. Ben, our Odunze caper is here. Yep, it happened. So teams so far, Jameer Gibbs, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Cooper Cup, Romo Dunze. We love young wide receivers. I think this is the class, man. People wanted to shit all over last year's class, and they had some flaws for sure. A lot of slot guys, and Quentin Johnson was a big outside target who uh, did not get there in terms of his run out and his own ability to produce in year one. But for this year, like these guys are all ready for primetime. Odunze, of course, you guys have heard me give the case against a few times now, but I think the question for Odunze is just, is he athletic enough to be doing what he did in college in the pros? I'm not confident in that, but at this point with the build we have, I think it's a fun one. So we're just, we're just having fun, man. Sometimes you got to draft and have, have a good team that you feel is nice. <laughs> makes you feel good inside. Elite tight end makes sense here as well. Again, we have the young team going, and I just don't hate doing that. And I know I'm going to get a lot of DK Metcalf this draft season, so we'll get another share of JSN here. Adam as our fifth receiver, and now we will probably try to dial back on receiver for a little bit. I also just frankly have to get accustomed to the fact that AR is now going at 50, 45 reliably now. That's going to be there. How am I building differently based on the easier advancement structure? I, I don't really worry about that as much. I guess you could be a little bit less uh, didactic about demanding stacks in every room um, would be the one thing that could change. But for the most part, I think it's just like the hope is that we can build teams that have enough value to get there without the overcorrelation that we'll try to hit more so in a BBM. But I don't know. I just think it's more, I view it more as like, okay, cool. I have an easier run out to make the playoffs is basically it. Um, you can make the case, I guess, that if you really wanted to worry about the advancement structure and just trying to get in there, that maybe makes you a little more of a, a median projection kind of player where you are trying to get guys that are going to give you a middle outcome more. That's not the way I draft though. So I, for me, it doesn't change much, but I could see if you really want to target an inefficiency in terms of getting more guys, getting three out of 12 across in the big board. It's probably hitting more running backs with secure roles here and there, I think would be it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I like risk. <laughs> I like risk. And frankly, to me, the fun of drafting the big board is like, you get these rookies now, you're getting, you know, the, the commodity before you really know where it should be properly priced at, where it's going to go, uh, where things are to go in July and August. Like, um, And I think that the one concern I have with drafting rookies like I just did here is that these guys are priced like they are at their ceiling already. Like for MHJ to pay off this price tag, he has to basically immediately rise to the class of a top five receiver. And then that's the way that he gets to the, you know, the first round next year. But for Malik neighbors, like he's also pretty close to his ceiling. Um, you know, I think for Odunze, maybe not his full ceiling, but not far off from it. So I think that's the one risk you have the rookies. Like normally in the big board, you're buying in early and you're getting these guys that like, you know, they're not going to reach their apex of pricing this year. These guys are basically at their apex of pricing. Having the most fun in the room. I agree. I agree. I'm having a great time. There's always a goal here. It's what my mom wanted for her birthday. She's like, oh, go have a, go build a sick team today. On, <laughs> go draft a lot of rookies. Go draft a lot of high pedigree rookies and see how it does. Christian Watson soaring up the board a little bit here. Starting in the 90s. Now it's 73. Of course, the guy that I'm in love with in general. Uh, you know, no pause or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Love uh, goes right before him. So DT well here really wanted his Tank Dell stack, his Jordan Love stack along with Christian McCaffrey. I don't hate the build. That is obviously a lot of draft capital to be using up at QB early on and also a lot to be using up at running back. But I like his approach here. If you are going to kind of burn a lot of draft capital early on, uh, getting the stacks here, Jordan Love, Christian Watson, CJ Stroud, the Tank Dell. Like if Stroud's hitting, pretty good shot. Tank Dell will be hitting. Jordan Love's hitting, pretty good shot. If Christian Watson is healthy, that he'll be hitting. Um, so I, I like that approach, even though I don't love the general build uh, by him there. I feel like a lot of people getting 
I wouldn't say trapped, but getting locked into taking two QBs early more than I'm used to seeing. And I, I don't love that as a build overall. There's so many QBs you could take now. Like Daniel Jones, I know we're down on him after the year. Everybody in general is going to be down on him. He's going at 180. Like, I, I don't think you need to force QB early as much as people are. All right, so we we ran at wide receiver, so we got all those guys that we wanted there. Could go back to running back. Could also really try to dunk this home with Justin Fields. Because we don't know where anybody's going anyway on the seam for the most part, besides you know, Cooper Cup's going to be a Ram. So because we don't know what the stack outcomes are going to be, and I, I do believe that there is a pretty good shot that Geno Smith is not back as a Seattle starting QB. So because we don't know that, I just want to give myself a pretty good floor and a pretty good ceiling at QB. So we're going to go with Justin Fields. And I'm going to go with him here on the assumption that he gets traded somewhere and is not a Chicago Bear is going to be the way that I try to play this one. Bauer's gone. You'll have to wait at least one more draft to get your ideal rookie build. Yeah, I'm just getting fucked. <laughs> it's, like, it's really, that's the biggest part of the big board that I've observed. Besides the second round being, you know, a thing where you can talk yourself into any guy and you can definitely talk yourself out of any guy. Um, the fact that you just can't get these rookies anywhere. Like, I know that was an issue I ran into with AR last year when he started to catch some steam after initially nobody wanted him. I was the only guy in the world who wanted him. Then a couple weeks later, everybody wants him. Um for a lot of these guys, like I think the steam is catching them earlier. So because of that, people want Brock Bowers and they're taking him 20 picks of ADP. People want Jaden Daniels are taking him 20 picks ahead of ADP. And that's unfortunately the way it's going in a lot of rooms. So I'm really not getting the guys um, I want quite as much. Naked Fields isn't a problem. He's not a problem. Um, obviously, you know, the best possible outcome is going to be knowing who his alpha target earner is going to be, whether he be on the Raiders, whether he be on Atlanta, whether he be coming back to Chicago somehow. Um, obviously if you came back to Chicago, it's DJ Moore, but, um, but you know, I, I think that's the risk point is that you just don't know. And somebody out there could luck, could luck box like fields plus Drake London. And then all of a sudden that team um, has a lot more upside. All right. So we got Joe Mixon here, Justin Herbert, James Connor, Raheem Mostert still do feel like Raheem Mostert a little bit undervalued at this point. Kyle Pitts, man, not mentioned by Raheem Morris when he was talking about special weapons in Atlanta. Um, man, it really, I think the Mostert case is the strongest year. I'm going Mostert. I'm going Mostert. Really was thinking tight end, but I don't know that we need tight end. We do need to dig out a little bit at running back here. So team so far, Justin Fields, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Raheem Mostert, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Cooper Cup, Romo Dunze, and JSN is it so far. Good mix of, of youth and veteran experience that'll carry the team to the finish line. And he stance slash takes on Jacob Cowing. I've heard the name. Um, he was not amongst the top players that we looked at in the mock draft, I don't believe. Um, but let me see if I'm pretty sure we should have him in the sheet. Checking it on a different tab that you guys cannot see on screen, unfortunately. Uh, put him in over J. Michael Sturdivant, who I don't think is going to get drafted. Jacob Cowing. Uh, Jacob Cowing, 32 routes per game, 29% target per out run rate. Pretty good. 0.164 EPA per target. Not good. 56 air yards per game. Not good. Six intended air yards per attempt is actually the lowest in the class besides Malachi Corley. That's not good. Um, slot guy also not good. We, again, we saw like great slot guys last year, um, who basically you know, didn't have a ton of value like Josh Downs, some spike weeks. JSN a spike week or two late, uh, but slot guy plus not great in metrics. I, I don't think Cowing would be a guy for me. I think if you're going to take a flyer on somebody as like a slot guy that maybe can get a role, I think Lad McConkey more appealing. 
Um, but I think really like mid mid to honestly any pedigree slot guys overall, just a little bit less valuable. Um, if that's the only trick they're bringing to the show. Um, and again, like JSN last year was like, uh, you know, or not last year, but the year before when he played his full go and didn't have the hamstring issue, he was great. Like he was great in every advanced metric. So was Josh Downs. Those guys were pretty good this year. For Jacob Cowing, though, he's looking substantially worse than those guys. And I don't think he's going to have as good of a draft capital. So for me, no Jacob Cowing, but, uh, you know, sure. I get it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it's right. You do have access, by the way. If you, um, if you make a copy of my sheets, I had drop, of course, if you're a Splash Play member who hits that join button now for $4.99 a month. You can go through and look at all the old community posts. You can also just check any rookies you want out in those sheets. Just make a duplicate of it and then put their name in um, is one way to do that because all the data is in there for everybody's stats that qualified in SIS data, of course, Sports Info Solutions data uh, that I always reference here. Kind of like doing MHJ, Connor, Kyler builds. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. I think that one is, that one is so assumed that MHJ goes to the Cardinals that... I kind of wonder if that's one where a curveball happens. Still think MHJ is alive to go number three uh, to New England, I think would not be a crazy thing. Uh, but, you know, it's certainly your guess is as good as mine at this point. Obviously, everything is linking MHJ to the Cardinals, but that's that to me is when, like, too much smoke sometimes means the draft capital goes in a different direction. Uh, but we'll see. Like, if Arizona drafted a stud defensive player or an offensive lineman, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know those positions well enough to go, like, who that would be offhand. But I think that kind of fits to like what I know of Jonathan Gannon and what, you know, we know he's a defensive guy. Um, so I, I think it's not crazy that they just wouldn't take a wide receiver and maybe they could be active in a free agency. There are enough free agent wide receivers out there who maybe you can talk yourself into being a wide receiver one. Of course, C Higgins, the one I always point to, uh, though I still think he's most likely to come back to Cincinnati on a franchise tag. All right. A lot of people talking about Jacob Cowan. Yeah, look, I, I know Jacob Cowan's a guy that people who are sharp out there have been definitely curious about. So I don't I don't hate, you know, thinking about him and trying to figure it out. So look, uh, we got a one, two, five, oh here. I don't want to take injured knee, TJ Hawkinson, Jamison Williams. We don't really need a, another receiver at this point. We just saw Caleb Williams go. I'm taking Jaden Daniels here. Uh 16 picks ahead, ADP, 15 picks. But I don't care. I want, again, another QB that's going to give me some upside here. Rushing upside, don't need to know his outcome to know that he's probably giving me a good amount of 20-point games, if not 30, if not 40. Uh, obviously, that'd be the, the great hope for Jaden Daniels. Uh, but Jaden Daniels, you guys know the case by this point if you've been watching Splash Play daily. And, of course, we are doing streams here daily, 11 a.m., a draft every day. Today, actually had uh, – we changed over our internet. No longer an Xfinity household. We're now a Fios household. And I still got it done enough to get a stream going here, so – Fucking Randstand takes Troy Franklin at 109. Would have been nice, but not that we needed him, but would have been nice to grab him at some point. Oh, well. Yep, that is what you have to do to get Jaden Daniels. If you want some Jaden Daniels shares, uh, he is not going at his ADP ever in any room I've been in yet so far. And sometimes it's not even my fault. Sometimes it's somebody else's fault. All right, so we have any correlation here we want to hit? Nope, we do not. Um, really no receivers. I'm dying to get, as I've mentioned before, I do have a pretty good belief in Devin Singletary. Think he comes back to Houston on a two or three year deal, or he goes somewhere else that values him even more and pays him more money. And they will be incentivized to use him even more. So Singletary to me, another player to add to this room that I feel pretty strongly about in terms of the run out. Justin Fields, Jaden Daniels at QB is my team so far. Jameer Gibbs, Raheem Mostert, Devin Singletary at running back, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Romo Dunze, and JSN. Youngest wide receiver room here uh, being aged up by Cooper Cup, the Catherine Zeta-Jones wide receivers. 
If you guys are watching live or after the fact, please do subscribe down below. Please hit that like button. Please leave a comment as well. Even if you just leave an emoji, leave a leave me your second, your favorite second round draft pick. Whatever you want to drop in there, please just drop a comment down below as well. Of course, splash play on that march down to 4K subs to 5K subs to 10K subs. And I'll tell you, at least for this part of, of best ball season, the most consistent best ball draft streamer you're gonna find out here is, is right here, the guy who's pointing to himself. <laughs> So please subscribe here and join the journey. Come in, have some fun. And of course, if you're in the chat too, don't be don't be shy. Feel free to pop in, chime in. I think the most welcoming community here in the world, at least that's the goal, is going to be in that chat. So Squirt Squad, always ready for you. If you want to support the show as well, uh, check out that underdog promo code. Double your deposit to 100 bucks on underdog. If for some reason you're not signed up on there, great way to support the show. Great way to build your bankroll as well. And also mystery pick'em comes with that. And also uh, stochastic. Want to get some data for yourself. NBA going on. They have PGA Sims, MMA Sims, MLB coming up very soon as well. So lots of great ways to save yourself. 15% at stochastic. Use that promo code splash on there. or Check the link in the description. If I hoard adequately, oh yeah, probably, probably, of course, my thing. <laughs> Please, you want to support Splash Play? Support probably. Go to probably.com slash subscribe. Uh, get under all of our pregame bets for under 10 bucks a month. All of our live media data for under 25 bucks a month. Or go check on probably in the app store and you can get all of our stuff for a seven-day free trial. So how could you lose? Woo! I'm, I feel myself covered in jism with uh, the horror that I've become <laughs> last minute. Defensive player would probably be a trade down. Tackles possible. Okay. I, I just think, like, don't be shocked if the Cardinals pull a curveball, is all I would say. And also, don't be shocked if Brock Bowers doesn't go at five. I've seen a lot of people that are just mocking Brock Bowers right away to go to the fifth pick. Um, I just don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, hard to expect tight ends to get that draft capital. Um, so that's the other thing I would say based on what I've seen on mock drafts. Everybody assumes that Marvin Harris is going to go four. A lot of people assume that Brock Bowers is going to go five. Just, you know, prepare for a world where that doesn't happen. And, you know, maybe MHJ goes three. One of the QBs falls a little bit. I think these are options that could be there. So don't just assume that it's locked in, even though I think, like, there's a lot of lockstep early on in this mock draft process for people out there. Would still fuck Catherine Zeta-Jones. Okay, good to know. <laughs> it's the, the CGI version or the real version is the question you have to ask. Because you don't know what you're seeing. You don't know. Only, only Alex knows <laughs> what she saw in those videos. I didn't even see. I didn't see the 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 aged Catherine Zeta Jones version. I don't know that I want to know. Though I do know that I, I recall that uh what's his face? Um fucking the the old guy, Michael Douglas, uh had, had the the assumption was that he got mouth cancer from giving her too much oral sex because she had HPV. I remember that was a thing. I don't even know if that was like a reporting thing or if that was like the gossip sites, but um so something to watch out for if you ever are a hook up with Catherine Zeta Jones is you don't want to get oral cancer from <laughs> from that. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's gross. That's <laughs> classy, classy comments here on splash play. Always. That's what we, that's what we pull up on screen. Lad McConkey goes, um, to vocalize my concerns for Lad McConkey. He is very small. He is smaller than Hunter Renfro. Um, good route runner. So there's a shot that he can get there. This is not like, I think people think that Lad McConkey is this year's Puka and he's now being ADP'd up as a result. Uh, he is not as athletic as Puka. He is not a guy that can give running back touches to. He is diminutive. Uh, yeah, that's the the risk that I would say for him. All right, so we got interesting situation here going. I think we could use a tight end. Continue to build a wide receiver wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Uh, running backs also obviously can never have enough running backs given how much they get hurt and how much they get fucked up. But I'm going to go Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz added to the team here. So we have a little bit on Houston, not core Houston. I like that as a theory a lot. Some chance that Houston moves away from both Singletary and Dalton Schultz. Uh, definitely Houston, a team that I know Brock Bowers 
mocked less so to Houston than the Chargers. But if Houston got Brock Bowers, that would do two things that we've talked about here. Number one, would really hurt Nico and to a lesser extent Tank. And number two, would greatly improve Brock Bowers' outlay. So um, one spot to watch for sure. If the rumors get hot and heavy for Brock Bowers going to Houston, I would start putting some Shroud Browers stacks together just in the hope that they can land together. There you go. Thanks. Looking forward to lunch. After- <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say anything gross. I just said mouth cancer. That was, that was why Michael Douglas got mouth cancer. He's eating at the Y. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got some choices here. Jerome Ford. A lot of outs for Jerome Ford this year. Nick Chubb, possible cut candidate. Um, Jonathan Brooks, of course, we've talked about enough here. ACL injury, going to keep him out for the majority of the year. Hard for him to win a job or expect him to win a job. I think it's Jerome Ford season here. Go to two four five one. Fields, Jaden Daniels, Jameer Gibbs, Raheem Mostert, Devin Singletary, Jerome Ford. Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Cooper Cup, Romo Dunze, and JSN, and Dalton Schultz at tight end. I mean, the flaw here, obviously, is that I have a lot of rookie wide receivers. <laughs> and if Romo Dunze is more of a bust than I, you know, than I even think is possible, then we're fucked because that is a lot of draft capital using there. But, you know, look, I survived Christian Watson last year. <laughs> I survived. Uh, you know, honestly, Amari Cooper ended up being the player you needed for stretches of last year down the home stretch. Like, he wasn't great for a pretty, pretty big run of last year. Really, the entire time Deshaun Watson was playing, Amari Cooper wasn't getting there. So, I don't think Romo Dunze kills me here, even if he weren't great, but we're building and we're building. Lad had a good senior bowl and projected draft capital. I understand the rise. The standard concerns for an early wide receiver seems to have limited ceiling. Yeah, look, he looks like a great route runner. I think his best possible ceiling is a wide receiver too. Um, I think he's a smaller Khalil Shakir, uh, you know, but with better route running. Uh, he can get there. I just think that people, I don't know, man. People tune into Lad McConkey because he was on a good team and he's a white guy. Uh, like if we're being real about it, I think those are the reasons why he's getting really steamed up right now. And as a result of him being a white guy who's a good route runner, then you're like, well, he's like a little bit of a Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is like a big man. Cooper Cup is is like a like a fairly large human being, at least by you know the modern NFL wide receiver standards. Lad McConkey is like Tank Dell size, but he doesn't have Tank Dell speed. He doesn't get downfield like Tank Dell. So what are you getting really? I just think you're getting Hunter Renfro, which can be okay if like he's gonna. He's going to like, you know, get a meaningful role, but I just don't think there's a guarantee of that. <laughs> Lad McConkey. Oh no, the, we said the H word guys. Don't get the, the video demonetized. <laughs> all the, all the alt-right guys are going to be really mad about saying honky. Hunter Renfro, the goat, the throat goat. <laughs> not, not this year. He was a hell of a red zone target, but like it was one of those things where he was a hell of a red zone target because they had nobody else to throw to. Then what happens, you bring in like, full-sized adults like Devontae Adams and to a lesser extent, Jacoby Myers and where's Hunter Renfro, not even on the field. Nobody wants to trade for him. Um, yeah. Like that's the thing with slot guys. Like that's the tie back to Jacob Cowing as well. It's just like, there's so many slot guys who are passable. There aren't as many guys who are great boundary receivers and not, you know, it's hard to prognosticate that. Like I thought Quentin Johnson had the best shot to be a good boundary receiver. Maybe he rebounds this year. He wasn't in year one, uh, but this rookie class, it's like you got three boundary receivers, you know, neighbors can go in the slot too. And he is going to go in the slot a good amount. But like, you know, um, fuck, Estime goes, you cocks. Estime now 153. I just, I can't have nice things <laughs> for guys that I'm intrigued by. Uh, all right, so we got Thielen. Don't need another year of that. Michael Wilson, think that they are going to bring in somebody even if they don't get MHJ. I think this is kind of a Michael Mayer spot, taking a buy-in on a guy in year two who showed 
brief glimpses of what he could do, at least in one or two games. Got hurt down the home stretch at the time where he probably would have had a, a better shot to break out. So we'll go Michael Mayer here. Adam has our tight end too. Michael, yeah, that's true. Michael Douglas is a throat goat. <laughs> he and Nancy Reagan, two the throat goats. Uh, fun fact, hockey came about due to white gentlemen honking their car horns to get the attention of the lady escorts for the evening. Okay. I did not know that. <laughs> I had no clue about that one. Learn something new every day here on Splash Play. Kind of ironic that you're a big reason for the estimate steam and you can't get him. I mean, I, this current wave of steam is definitely because of Pat Corain and uh, the legendary upside rankings putting him there. Because I know uh, somebody in chat mentioned that he was like 155 there. So he goes 153. Uh, but look, you know, I that's fine. I'm glad to be aligned with great minds. I think most of my rookie takes I got to earlier than a lot of folks. And now they're getting to it and they're saying the same thing. So I think that's a positive. Um, 2452 definitely could use some more wide receiver help. Honestly, Wandale spiked a lot last year, and we're getting now a full year of health. Small guy, but too cheap, I think, for the ceiling that Wandale has. I guess the risk for Wandale would be another year of Jalen Hyatt in that offense. You would hope he finally becomes a guy that can get a ton of routes outside. Um, honestly, we could do a really late giant stack. Giants probably too cheap right now. If you can get Waller at 149, no shot, no lock that he comes back to the Giants, but you know, look, Waller was going 50 last year. That was an incorrect price point for him. But 149, and then you get Wandale right after that, and you get Daniel Jones at 180, and you get Jalen Hyatt for at like 200. I think the Giants are back live as like a fun bailout stack um, that we know most of the guys are going to be back in the mix. So there is still a faint shot that I guess they move on from Daniel Jones somehow. How they do that, I don't know, but they'd have to get creative with the cap. Neighbors might be a giant too. I look, I think he's going to be a giant of talent. He's not giant size wise. Um, he's billed at what? Billed at six foot 200. So we're probably talking 5'10, 190, maybe, you know, somewhere in that range. Um, so that's where Neighbors is a little bit behind these guys. But he's like, he's Tank Dell if Tank Dell had 99 juke on Madden. Like that's what Malik Neighbors is. So I, I don't know. I think Neighbors to me. I, I would take over Odunze. Currently, I would say I would take Neighbors over Odunze 10 times out of 10. And I think those guys aren't close. But I also think that I would take Harrison over Neighbors nine times out of 10. So I think there's a very clear pecking order to me. Um, but if we're going to say like 1A, 1B, 1C, I think it's closer that MHJ and Neighbors are 1A and 1B than it is that like Romo Dunze is part of like a pack of three. I think Odunze is going to keep kind of inching back down. Oh, New York Giant. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. That'd be weird though. They can't, I think like they're a more logical team for, you know, Dunze, I would think like as a guy that can get you some jump balls and all that. But yeah, good point. I was like, he's not a giant. He's not a large man. <laughs> so my apologies, not thinking the right way about team names. More like Esta. Yay. I look, I agree again. Let's I, I've said it to you guys before. If you're going to watch two highlight reels of non like premier players, like the first guy you should watch is Jaden Daniels. Cause that's going to re that's going to change your brain about how you think about the QB class. So that's the first thing I'd say. But if you're going to watch like lesser prospects, two highlight reels I say to watch. Audrey Estime, Ben Sinnott. Those are the most fun highlight reels. I had a blast watching those guys play football. Um, but you know, it's fine. Neighbors though. Neighbors a lot of fun to watch too. But we know who he is. We know what he is as a prospect. 
And Neighbors, though, again, another highlight reel to watch. Watch all the highlight reels if you can. If you really want to dig deeper, watch the full games. I do do that sometimes. But I don't try to act like uh, the film, watching the film of a full game is going to tell me something meaningful. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to read that well into it. I just kind of want to see how a guy plays in the flow of a game. Is he commanding targets over and over again? Um, so that's where, like, Neighbors and MHJ, I've already watched a few of their games. Like, I feel like those guys have checked every box. Oh, Dunze, I'm scared to watch a full game because I don't want to fucking get roped in. <laughs> Like all you guys do, because uh, I know from watching enough of his highlight compilations or whatever, and and full game like summarized compilations that Odunze to me just don't see him getting a lot of separation. Just don't see him getting into space. Um, you know, that's the concern. Am I going to do a showdown show? Yes, I think the plan is to do one on Friday. So showdown show coming up on Friday here. We'll run the Sims. We'll do all that stuff. And uh, probably data we're figuring out in the back end. If you've been wondering why the Super Bowl stuff isn't up, uh, number one, it's because our, our data doesn't come in until the week before a game. So that's part of why we don't have Super Bowl stuff up. But I think we're also like having running into some issues with our API because some books don't have Super Bowl things labeled the same way. Uh, we should have that sorted out over the next few days, but just something to keep an eye on if you are in probably data. But I think the goal is going to be that we just do the showdown, normal showdown video for a Super Bowl and then maybe take a look at props. But honestly, like the prop menu is so huge to the Super Bowl. I was going through Pinnacle's lines yesterday just to, well, frankly, to just do one fact check on our probably data, one of our sources. But also, like, Pinnacle has like 700 markets of the Super Bowl. Like, it's fucking insane. Uh, so there's a lot of bets out there for sure. APIs are dicks. It's true. Learning how to do deal with stuff with APIs has like been one of the biggest, biggest adjustments for me for sure. Uh, one guy here who we have not talked about a lot. I know I've drafted Jalen Polk on stream. I do think there is a shot that he's a better pro than Romo Dunze. But Xavier Leggett coming up here. Doc, uh, Dr. App. Okay, he's, he's hearing it too late, so he's not taking him. Uh, Leggett, I think, would fit this rookie build as well. Oh, man. Gus Edwards here. He's a free agent, as we talked about yesterday. I think Leggett's the most fun pick here to add to our, our milieu of rookies. So Xavier Leggett, what are the issues of Xavier Leggett? He's a little bit old. He's 23 years old. Leggett, though, as I've mentioned here, just looking at the pure numbers of it all, I think Leggett looks the most like A.J. Brown in terms of his performance out of any of these guys here. And I know that's, I feel like I throw around A.J. Comps a little bit, A.J. Brown comps a little bit too much. But Leggett, 0.52 EPA per target, was great out wide, or you know, very good out wide, a 0.32 EPA out wide, out of the slot to a 0.76 EPA, and his targets were split, 4.3 targets out wide per game compared to 3.6 out of the slot. So you're talking about a guy that can move around the formation, still be productive, all those spots. Downfield as well, 1.8 deep targets a game for Leggett, a 1.1 EPA. So in this class, it's Troy Franklin, it's Harrison, it's Neighbors, and it's Leggett, who are like great downfield guys who can really capitalize on targets of 20 plus air yards. Um, so Leggett to me is really interesting. You know, the question though is his age is like not great. Um, I think he's had some injury history as well. So those are the question points for Leggett, but I still think he's undervalued for what he is. Um, all right, so we got Gus Edwards here. Again, he's another guy that if he goes back to the Ravens or somewhere else, can be a touchdown hound kind of guy. And that is definitely a build that I like to get late. Um, the AJ Dillon type we've talked about as well, where just a guy that nobody's drafting, but there is a world where a team just needs a power back in free agency and they go, who's available? Oh fuck. It's AJ Dillon. <laughs> it's AJ Dillon. It's Gus Edwards. It's one that we want. So I think there's a world where you should be taking both these guys in a, a very prominent world at that. There's one running back, uh, who I would like to get as well, that I'm not going to say his name out loud because if I do somebody will draft him much unlike Beetle much like Beetlejuice here if I say a running back's name somehow he disappears over the next round or so like it is the most upside of those three hmm 
You're saying, wait, Leggett has more upside than which three? Because, like, in terms of the deep ball guys, it's Harrison, it's Neighbors, it's Troy Franklin, it's Leggett. I think Leggett's a clear number four in that group to me. Uh, but I think Leggett is, like, probably... I think Leggett's number five receiver in this class to me. In terms of his ability to get on the field... Now, Brian Thomas, that's not fair. He's number six. This is a really fucking good wide receiver class of rookie, by the way. Oh, out of the late guys. This I agree with. Polk, Leggett, Walker. Walker, we've talked about. Just he was the beneficiary of Drake May forcing the ball downfield aggressively. I would really have a quizzical eye. I would really have like a, some skepticism towards a guy like Tez Walker just because like 170 air yards per game, it is hard to fail getting that many air yards. And his numbers don't show a guy who had the upside getting that volume. Um, so I really, Tez to me is one of my, one of my more, uh, one of my less preferred guys. Is the best way to say that. Do you all see the Eagles are playing a game in Brazil? Yes, they are. The, the smiling friends went to Brazil. <laughs> if you guys are familiar with that, that incredibly weird animated show. And now the Eagles going to Brazil Friday night football. They're not the first Friday night football ever. As the Twitter community notes told me, uh, it is in fact, there was one 1970, uh, an opening week game that was on a Friday night. So. Fun fact there, if you want to bore your friends, <laughs> you're going to bore them with that little bit of information. Just like the potential daft, uh, draft capital for Tez, maybe. If, if he's like, again, if he's a combine superstar, it's going to change the equation, but it's hard to perform as mid as he did with the opportunity he had. Like, um, pretty sure he had the most air yards per game in the class. You had 162 air yards per game, most in the class. And then he had on those plays... A 0.2 EPA. So that's like where it's really fucked up is that he got three downfield targets a game and still had a 0.2 EPA. That's like really bad. That's really inefficient. So who's it on? Is it on Drake May or is it on him? I think it's on, I think it's on Taz Walker more than it is on Drake May. Drake May at least is willing to get the ball downfield. Um, so I don't know, man. I think Tez, if he's like, if he's a beast, if he's the fastest guy in the class or whatever, like I see, I'll see why he comes up and I'll be willing to go there. If he runs slowly, like if, you know, uh, this is the case for most guys, but for Tez in particular, I just think that he, he's like a, he's potentially to me like a UFL guy. If he's not, uh, if he's not fast, if he's not an elite athlete, he's potentially a UFL guy. Think I know the running back. Yeah, you do fucking Travioli. <laughs> you took him. It was JK Dobbins. JK Dobbins goes to Travioli. Another guy I'd like to get a share of because I think he's too cheap. And he is an elevated version of what we talked about for Gus Edwards or AJ Dillon where J.K. Dobbins is going to land somewhere and probably, t I mean, if he's smart, he's not going to hold out for a huge contract. He's coming off another injury. He's going to go somewhere and like, again, if he goes to Minnesota, all your Ty Chandler, dead. Because J.K. Dobbins is better in every facet of football, I guess maybe besides being healthy than Ty Chandler. So J.K. Dobbins, one of the steals of this area and our guy Travioli got him. And Kenneth Gainwell, who, again, we've talked about in the past streams that I'm going to keep repeating points every stream because I know we have uh, new people watching every day. Kenneth Gainwell... DeAndre Swift, not currently under contract. So Gainwell could be the starter for the Eagles. And that's a very possible outcome. And he's going here at 197. So two good picks by Travioli. You got them both, Travioli. You got them both. Great minds, right? That's what we're going to say. That's what we're going to say for this one. All right. 2572. Wouldn't be, I mean, and I feel like we've got a good base here, so I'd like to put on a few more. I'm going to go with my own thesis here. I'm just going to go with A.J. Dillon. I think A.J. Dillon was absolute ass last year, but we've seen this happen now for enough years in a row where people just are, like, out on a running back because he wasn't that good last year, and he's still, like, young enough. Like, A.J. Dillon, I think, is 26, I want to say. 
So we're getting into the danger zone for running. Back. He's 25, not even 26 yet. Um, so I think for AJ Dillon, like, and guys like AJ Dillon, people are always more excited about, like people are drafting Le'Veon Bell right now on sleeper for their dynasty teams because there's a shot. Cause he said on Twitch that he wants to play for the Steelers. Like you're better off. If you're going to try to get flots of running backs that are floating around a guy who's still under 30, who has some experience that like a Dan Quinn can talk himself into and go, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. I watched his tape and he had some pretty good burst, even though the numbers weren't there. I think that's something that I would, I would hold in some esteem. Also, why did my, why did my thumbnail go away? All right, well, fuck it. And I didn't realize I've, I've lost my branding all stream. I'm now, I'm now not a professional. This is what is driving me from professionalism is not talking about uh, Michael Douglas getting <laughs> mouth cancer and how he might've done it. It's that I didn't have my thumbnail over my shoulder. It's on me. All right. Good question by Ben R coming up and I will take that in a moment here. Um, two, six, seven, two. I don't think we're in a luxury spot. I mean, we got this rookie theme. I don't think Malachi Corley is any great shakes. Really concerned about the low A dot for him. Another guy, though, in the senior bowl, people did like quite a bit. So we'll take a flyer on him as our eighth wide receiver. Team so far, Justin Fields, Jaden Daniels, Jameer Gibbs, Raheem Mostert, Devin Singletary, Jerome Ford, Gus Edwards, A.J. Dillon, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Cooper Cup, Romo Dunze, JSN, Wandale, Xavier Leggett, Malachi Corley. The courage to take five rookie wide receivers. That's what you're getting here. Dalton Schultz and Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer, the disrespect. Can't even have a headshot this second year in the league. Where does JSN rank if you're in this class? That's a great question uh, by Ben here. I think he goes behind Harrison for sure. I think he goes behind Neighbors for sure as well because he does not, like Neighbors has a ton more juice than JSN does. I think we're now in the range where maybe he could go. I would still prefer Troy Franklin over him because I do have the bias towards guys that can play out wide. Troy Franklin can play out wide and play well out wide. Um, so I would put him at four. But I think he would go, I think there's a potential that he would go ahead of Romo Dunze if Odunze's athletic comps are not great. Um, but I think he's probably, he's probably four, maybe five, whereas where JSN would go. Need some early week production from a veteran. Al Robinson, Robert Woods are a must. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Cooper Cup is there. He's going to carry the load, right? I think Cooper Cup is still, to me, I know, again, hamstring stuff, not great. Another year of age, Pukatakua taking a leap in year two. All things that are not great for Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup shouldn't be going at 50. Like, I just think that's still wrong. I know I've been in the bag for some of the aging vets here. Guys like Diggs in the second round. Though Diggs is now, is Diggs now down to the third safely? Yeah, Diggs is now safely down to the third. Um, I know I've been in the bag for some aging vets, but like, if Diggs is going to be going here, I think Cooper Cup shouldn't be going here. I think Cooper Cup should be firmly in this range. We're going to say, here's a bunch of vets that probably the best days are behind them, but we still need to give you 30-point games. That's where Diggs, Adams, and Cup should go, I think. If we're going to knock them all down. How high would JSN go if we knew Lockett was gone in free agency? Hmm. Probably where he and Lockett went last year, 50s. Maybe a shot to creep into the high 40s. Time of the year to buy vets. Yes, the uncertainty of free agency. People really do not like drafting guys without knowing where they're going to go in free agency, even though obviously some of these guys could assume I'm going to land in a good spot. Out on digs, think it's all but a done deal. He's out in Buffalo, won't find a better situation. I don't think that's true. 
you, I mean, it, there's a lot of good situations out there, especially if you're paying whatever they're going to have to pay to get Diggs. Like you have to keep in mind that whatever front office acquires him, whatever coach acquires him is going to be deeply motivated to get him to pay off whatever they're giving up for him. Um, and he's an alpha target earner. And I think too, if he's coming in, you're going to give him those alpha targets because you want him to not be a, a toxic disaster in the locker room. So I think Diggs actually has like, he has the out of coming back to Buffalo and they have to placate him and keep the relationship right. Or is he out of going somewhere else that desperately needs a wide receiver one? You know, there's less of those jobs out there, but just because of Diggs' pedigree and who he's been downfield. Um, and he, yeah, frankly, like how he's been great everywhere. Like he's been really good in terms of what he did. It's just last year, last year's shit ran bad. But I think he doesn't want to be there. I do think you're correct about that. Uh, let's see. Jason's overvalued at the moment. No bueno last year. It's just, again, like he and Quentin Johnson are the same thing. It's like they didn't get the real opportunity because of the fact they were guys who were entrenched vets ahead of them. And for Quentin Johnson too, like you, you can make the case he should have beaten Josh Palmer. But in that offense, Josh Palmer's played, you know, both roles there. He played the Keenan Allen role. He played the Mike Williams role. You get why like Quentin Johnson wasn't going to beat that out after just, you know, one year of practicing and not getting the full you know, starter level reps. So I think that's the main thing that I would say for any guy coming in is like, who do they have to beat out? Do you have to beat out? Do you have to beat out DJ Chark or do you have to beat out like an entrenched guy who's been in an offense for 10 years? Um, you know, I think it's harder to beat out those entrenched guys, much easier to beat out lots of receivers. But even then, like really think Terrace Marshall should have gotten any shot to play for Carolina last year, but because the new regime had spent money, like he wasn't their guy. Um, they then had spent money on Thielen, spent money on Chark, drafted Jonathan Mingo. Terrace Marshall couldn't even see the field, even though I still think he was probably if not the best receiver in that group, the second best, probably. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't think you should say anybody sucks at this point. It's been one year, one year of a bad run out. If Quentin Johnson went for a thousand yards and 10 TDs this year, it just wouldn't be the most shocking thing. Maybe in that Chargers offense, it would be a little bit shocking, but it wouldn't be shocking to me fundamentally. All right. Two, six, eight, two definitely needs more running backs. Rookie running backs in this range, not doing a whole lot for me personally. Uh, Will Shipley is a volume guy who is not very good. Can he land in a spot that just feeds him? Maybe. Ugh, I'm going to take Shipley. I don't love it. But he can get drafted somewhere and be useful, even though, again, with Shipley, the thing with, you know, we talked about it, the comp is Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo, people liked him. Not looking at his numbers at Ole Miss, they liked him because he looked like A.J. Brown. Uh, for Shipley, he looks like Christian McCaffrey. He's not as good as Christian McCaffrey. He got fed goal line work like Christian McCaffrey. He's not Christian McCaffrey or anything close to it. Time of year where a lot of guys feel like they'd be sick in KC. <laughs> if you're not, if you're a person who's either thinking about these teams yourself or doing content and you're not in your mind mocking every wide receiver to Kansas City, every tight end to like the Chargers, <laughs> I think you're you're probably doing it wrong. But yes, I agree. This is the time of year where we imagine the best possible landing spots for these guys. And then they end up in a much worse version of it. Or even like for Dalton Kincaid, who I think Buffalo is one of the landing spots I thought would be good for him. He got the landing spot, but it's like, okay, we're going to play you with Dawson Knox until Dawson Knox gets hurt. And then also you still have Diggs there. You still have Gabe Davis there. You still have Shakir there. Um, you know, you want these guys, if you're going to get them, you want them to come into a pristine situation like a Sam Laporta, where he comes in, there's nobody blocking him at tight end. And also there's no wide receiver too. So that's how it works out well for those kind of outcomes. Peyton Manning had nearly three times more interceptions than TD's rookie year. That guy totally sucks. Yeah. Like, uh, you guys know my, my thing at this point, like 
you could certainly write guys off. I'll, I'll tell you guys, like I wrote off Kyron Williams because of how bad he was his rookie year. A minus EPA player added nothing. And then he kept some of the same traits. Like we're still a minus EPA pass catcher this year, but he really got there in the run game. You know, like I think that's where you expect growth from guys and you hope they can uh, be meaningful improvements. Kind of think that Greg Dulcich is a little bit undervalued. Obviously him being hurt last year was not great, but going into a new offense, possibly one that loses some alpha target earners at receiver. I think Dulcich is going to be my pick here for tight end three. So my final team, Justin Fields, Jaden Daniels, a QB, Jameer Gibbs, Raheem Mostert, Devin Singletary, Jerome Ford, Gus Edwards, AJ Dillon, and Will Shipley at running back. At wide receiver, Marvin Harrison, the rookie bonanza, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Cooper Cup, Romo Dunze, JSN, Wandale Robinson, Xavier Leggett, and Malachi Corley. Of course, if you watch the video, you know by this point which guys I actually like and which guys kind of landed on the roster. Uh, Dalton Schultz, Michael Mayer, Greg Dulcich here. Shocked I didn't take Sinnott. I took Senate yesterday, so I think that's that was the thought process there. I just have to force myself to not do the same things over and over again. And Senate, Senate's got a great out well at the combine. Like he is unfortunately a guy that I think looked fantastic in terms of the, the visuals, what he does after the catch, especially. But he's got to be like he's got to be Musgrave tier athleticism, I think, for him to get the draft capital to be the player I want. So that's why I'm not taking Senate. But Travioli does. There we go. Travioli gets a taste of some of my boys here. You got Dobbins, you got Gainwell, and you got Senate. So I do like Travioli's draft there down the home stretch. And Senate and Brock Bowers own a three wide receiver build. All right. Travioli did a nice job today. Wide receiver average age is like 22. Yeah, but you know, Cooper Cup, again, he's there to, <laughs> to prop it up a little bit. This team does not make Robert Griffin the turd hard, but I'll. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not finishing that. There we go, guys. That's our draft for today. Again, another one coming up tomorrow at 11 a.m. So please do subscribe down below. Please hit that like button. Please leave a comment. Again, leave me a comment if you want to talk about any of my picks. You want to ask me about a guy that, what my take is. You also just want to leave a, an emoji or a letter down there. Just whatever you can leave a comment helps us out here. Get seen by more people. And of course, smash the like button and subscribe here. Uh, Underdog as well. You guys saw me drafting on there. Couldn't recommend it enough. Big board, 200K to first place. A lot of fun, even if you are just putting in a few entries right now. So use that promo code SPLASH and double your deposit up to 100 bucks. Save 50% on Stochastic with the promo code SPLASH as well. Check the link in the description. All their data, all their tools at your fingertips for 15% off. Do that for yourself. Probably, my baby. You want to support Splash Play? Support Splash Play, but also support Probably. Does a great job, of course, getting you the winning bets every day from the top sports books around the world. Check it out for yourself. Making improvements there every day as well that you should be really excited about if you are a paying member. And our guy Jason, if you guys are familiar, uh, OG Mans fan here, has won over a couple thousand dollars. Now 10x the yearly cost that he paid for Probably, which uh, <laughs> probably should have charged more. <laughs> It's in hindsight, but Jason's making it work. You can make it work too. So check it out for yourself at probably.com or check the seven day free trial by searching on the app store. Shout out to all these fine folks that was put on the show every day. You too can get your name on this on these credits by hitting the join button down below $4.99 a month and keep it going here to help us put the show on every day and continue growing. And I'll be back tomorrow for more. So follow me at Chris Spags. Follow the show at Splash Play Pod. And I will see you guys then. Enjoy your days. Good luck. Bye. <laughs>